Jonathan, how are we doing? You're listening to the Pared Down Podcast. My name is Jonathan, and I'm here with my girlfriend's sister and emerging bestie, Sophia. Excited for this episode. We have a lot to go over. Do we have a lot to go over? I just said that. I I wanted to feel important. Is there actually something you wanted to chat about before we get into our exciting new matches? I have tons of things that I would like to discuss, but I will give you the floor first. Is there anything you want to discuss before we get into it? Yes, actually, there is one thing that I want to talk about briefly, which okay, is... Okay, I'm ready. You know, it's a bit of a pickle that we've found ourselves in, um, and you have you and I have been talking about oh, it this, off mic. This one. Well, how about you explain it to our listeners so that they understand? Okay, so basically, our last date zero ended with a second date on the horizon, if you remember, listeners, or you heard that, or listened to that episode... Um, and the couple went on that second date and supposedly even had a good time. But the next day, the episode of their date zero came out and it gave one of them pause. Essentially, hearing back the first date and our commentary either psyched them out or just made them change their mind entirely. Yeah. And this is, this is tough because we don't want the episode to have an impact on the outcome But then you made the point that matchmakers, at least the ones we see on television, are constantly encouraging throughout the whole process, or at least until the couple is, I guess, married. Um, And that maybe our episodes just need to be more supportive and optimistic. Uh, And I did not like that because I thought it wouldn't necessarily be authentic and it wouldn't necessarily be entertaining. And then you said that in a perfect world, we would release the episode several months later so that the episode wouldn't interfere with the outcome. Because yes, we both acknowledge that people's minds are more malleable at the beginning um, of, you know, a romance or... The courtship. Of the courtship, thank you. And perceptions are more vulnerable to persuasion, um, especially by non-relevant information. But where did we sort of settle this discussion i think basically for season one at least we're just going to have to keep it the way we're doing it uh we will be more encouraging and supportive when we can but we also want to make a disclaimer to our listeners and and more specifically to the participants that listening to the episode of your date zero should not alter your decision but that it probably will, and that really you shouldn't listen to your episode if you are on one. Yeah, we are sorry. That's really the best answer we have at this point. Um, Shall we move on to this episode's match? Who do we have? We have Tom and we have Roz. Tom is a 29-year-old man from the north side of Chicago. He went to school in eastern L.A. and later headed up to Berkeley for a Ph.D. in sociology of which he was four years into, and then decided that, hey, maybe academia was not for him. He then worked in San Francisco doing the tech thing while making music on the side, and then seven months ago, he headed to New York 
specifically Park Slope? I always felt like I was just like living some sort of weird dream when I was living in California. I lived there like up until this last, until 2023. I came to New York just because um, I had been living in the Bay Area for a while and I felt like it was time to just have a change. I was doing a lot of the same things, a lot of the same routine, which I was really happy with, but um, we're coming out of COVID and it felt like I just want to explore other versions of like what my life could be like. So did the move and uh, yeah, I, I've been in New York for like seven months now. And now, by the way, is a good time to mention that if you notice that we have some new music at the top of the show, that's actually courtesy of Tom, which also big um, reveal. Yeah. And diversion from the norm is his real name. And his artist name is Toomey. Toomey. T-O-O-M-I. Toomey. Did we get the the pronunciation from him is that no we didn't i hope it's right although t-o-o-m-i how many ways can you really pronounce that it's true to me anyways go find him on spotify um promotions aside who did we match tom with we matched him with Roz. Roz is a 28-year-old music supervisor from Northern California who also went to school in LA and moved to Brooklyn three years ago she also has a very popular Twitter account. We're talking 150,000 followers, somewhere in that range. Nice whistle. whistle. Yeah, whistle was good. Work. Just sounded like I ripped my pants. Um, speaking of funny, Roz is very funny. Um, definitely witty. Uh, definitely has an ironic sense of humor. Definitely self-aware. She lives in Bushwick and like Tom... Uh, has a couple long-term relationships in her rear view, none of which took place in New York, I think. Um, here she is responding to your question about how she thinks about her Twitter identity with regards to dating. I think about it sometimes. Like, I think... I, I go back and forth on whether I'd want someone to tell me that they knew, like, recognize me from that before we met up. But then I think also when it becomes clear that they do know me from that or recognize me from that, that like, I think they expect me to be a type of way. And then I get in my head about whether I will be that type of person when we do meet. I think I'm, I'm pretty open about talking about it with people I connect with just cause I'm like, this is like a hobby of mine. Um, I have also had people I think this was an app thing. At least one person say, Oh, like, never mind, We can't meet up I found your Twitter and I don't want to become content and yep. I was like bold of you to assume yeah. um so yeah I don't know I think it's it's mostly a non-issue I don't know if any of our listeners have had the experience of somebody on a dating app asking to see your Instagram before you go on a date with them I just have to say that's almost like an immediate red flag if somebody asks for my Instagram because I have this thought that they... That's like saying, can I see you naked first? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, I will immediately be like, no, I don't want that. It, it feels very um, kind of gross in in a way. Like they're just like, well, to be honest, I think they're just trying to like gauge aesthetic. Um all right. So is there anything you want to say about this match? Reasons for the match? Things to listen for? Concerns? Sure. Um, I matched these two 
because they have a great deal of overlapping geographical awareness. They both have lived in Northern and Southern California. And not only that, but they lived in those places at similar times. So I think that is what originally put this match on my radar. But the music connection, they have this ironic hipster self-awareness humor thing going on. Uh, They're also both objectively attractive. I'll I'll say that. And Mm. People can disagree. Well, they can't because they don't know what they'll look like. But um, that definitely can't hurt. And lastly, Roz is very good friends. I would say best friends with our neighbor. And despite living in Bushwick, she is, in fact, in Park Slope quite often. And that is actually how we met her. Also, didn't Roz say that she really appreciates a good sounding voice, um, like a speaking voice? And I got to say, Tom definitely checks that box just for an added bonus. Definitely. Um, all right. Uh, we have a lot to look forward to. And when we return, the date between Tom and Roz. Have you ever wanted to make your own podcast? Well, look no further. Zoom products are as good as... Not Zoom like the... Not the video conferencing software. We don't think. We don't think. We think it's different. We think it's different. Different company. Zoom audio products. That's what we record on. Are you looking to read something good? No, thanks. Well, perfect. I have something great for you. (gasps) Olivia, my awesome girlfriend, has a newsletter called Mid-Sized Vehicle on Substack. She writes about all sorts of interesting things, about just all different essays, different perceptions of the world. And honestly, if you got to experience the type of brilliance I do daily, your life would be complete. Oh, wait, you can. Well, she doesn't write it daily, but you can read it it like once a month, and that is going to improve your life a great deal. Mid-size vehicle. Substack, newsletter, my awesome girlfriend. We love her, and if you read it, you're going to love her too. Instead, we're going to act out a scene from the hit movie... Roadhouse. The Room. Ooh. Do you know the room? No, but is, does that make it better? <laughs> That's definitely going to make it different. <laughs> Wait, are we going to hear them actually do the scene? Yeah, I just wanted to know if you knew the scene first. Of course. Did they do the entire roof scene? Okay, Um. whenever you guys are ready. Okay, here we go. Curtain. <laughs> I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. He throws water ball to the floor. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hey, Johnny. What's up? I have a problem with Lisa. She says that I hit her. What? Well, did you? No, it's not true. <laughs> Don't even ask. What's new with you? Well, I'm just sitting up here thinking, you know, I got a question for you. Yeah. (laughs) You think girls like to cheat like guys do? What makes you say that? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just thinking. I don't have to worry about that because Lisa is loyal to me. Yeah, man. You never know. People are very strange these days. I used to know a girl. She had a dozen guys. One of them found out about it, beat her up so bad she ended up in a hospital on Guerrero Street. (laughs) 
What a story, Mark. Yeah, you can say that again. I'm so happy I have you as my best friend, and I love Lisa so much. I will say I, I often laugh or chuckle to myself when I'm listening to these um, the audio of the dates after the fact. This was the first time that I was laughing out loud, tears in my eyes. And what I liked about having them act out the scene right at the beginning um, is that I think it it subtly acknowledges that dates do feel like performances. Mm. And I think that acknowledgement actually somehow takes the pressure off a bit. Totally. So aside from this activity, how did the date in general start off? Well, after that, they had to write down three assumptions they were making about the other. And this wasn't designed to be shared, but somehow they did end up sharing it uh, pretty much right away. And while pretty much all of the assumptions they made were wrong, uh, they seemed to have a good humor about it. We chose, will you read me one of your assumptions that Jonathan made us write down? You want to go first? Okay. <laughs> one of my assumptions was, I said lives in Bushwick, and then I said in parentheses, earrings. <laughs> huh. Okay. Tell me more about that. Um, I just assume every man with earrings lives in Bushwick. That's interesting. Okay. Because I live in Bushwick. So I've seen a lot of earrings. You've seen a lot of earrings. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. What were, what was one for all? You know, okay. Let's see. Of your assumptions. She was, she was very open. So I'm, I'm excited for you to try it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Man, those were good. Those were really good. Actually, they were all bad. <laughs> they were bad, but like in a really good way, you know. Okay. Mine are kind of bad in a bad way, but I'll stop prejudging <laughs> oh, it. No. I, I just wrote Brooklyn hipster, <laughs> but that's Which is sort of what you wrote it's about kind you. of basically what you wrote about me. Yeah, but I didn't. <laughs> you wrote it more be like better, oh, I would say. Like okay. Bushwick, you know, like specifically where I live. I wrote um, it in code. Yeah, but now I know that you live in Bushwick, so. Um, yeah, Brooklyn hipster. Maybe, you know, likes vinyl, if I were to kind of like expand on it a little. Um, I know you don't have a cat now. Um, Was that one of them? No, no, oh. no, no, no. And then I just wrote that. I thought maybe, so boring, that you're like from California. <laughs> I am from California. <laughs> I thought so. Can I tell you something that you guys both have in common? Yeah. Yes. You both have been to this apartment once. For that big party? I remember that. Yeah, I remember being in here. I don't remember that. I would have noticed you. <laughs> <laughs> Was that flirting, I hear? It sure sounds like it, but honestly, at this point in the date, I had no clue. Mm. And they were both charming and ready to entertain as it was. Not in an over-the-top kind of way, but I was definitely not sure if it was just charisma or if that was like deliberate flirting. Um, and I feel like that's definitely a theme for a lot of people we've talked to in pre-interviews. That they were so used to like pleasing and entertaining that they can't tell if they were flirting or if they enjoyed themselves. Yeah, exactly. Well, we'll keep an eye on things. Yes. And things did progress. Okay. I was just talking about this where I... And like, I wouldn't call myself a morning person. Like I'm not, I used to be able to like spring out of bed in the morning at like six and go to the gym or go on a run and make a big breakfast. And I, I'm not so good at that anymore, but I think I'm not a night person. 
I think I get really, really sleepy and I like lose steam for the world and start getting really sad at night. Whereas in the morning, I'm very fresh faced and I like love being up at like 6.30 when it feels like, who was it? My mom used to call like the blue hours of the morning Mm. and it feels like everyone's still asleep and you feel like the world is kind of yours and it's just beginning and you can do anything with it. So I feel like I'm very hopeful in the morning and by the second half of the day, I think everything is uh, suck. Everything is suck. Everything is suck. By yeah. nighttime, everything is suck. Got it. What's the cutoff? What's the when is it crossover? Maybe, uh, maybe when it gets dark. Probably. I don't think I like much when it is dark. The, dark. the darkness. Yeah. Okay. What about you? Got it. Um, I aspire to journal a little bit. Sometimes the journaling gets skipped, mm. and then I will uh, meditate for a little bit. <sighs> yeah, for like. Usually like 10 minutes, maybe. The quality of it's quite low. How'd you learn how to do that? That's something, that's a trait I admire in other people. Oh, interesting. I admire when people have a meditation practice. I got into it in college, like someone at Pomona. Classic Pomona. (laughs) (laughs) One of the professors is like a nun, like a Buddhist nun. Is that a thing at USC? Buddhist nuns? Yeah. Yeah, every frat house had one. (laughs) I got it. But I was like, oh, this is a professor. This is cool. And then she led like a meditation session. Damn. It spoke to me. I was like, oh. And you've kept it up. Yeah. I actually went to like a whole ass uh, camp. Meditation yeah, camp? Yeah, I call it Buddha camp. It was like Buddha a month camp? in uh, oh my China. God. Yeah. I like shaved my head and shit. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. What the hell? I went full like monastic it was interesting monastic he's going monastic i went i went monastic on them yeah (laughs) they're not ready for this but i'm just i'm gonna give it to them um yeah so i've kept it since then but you know that's awesome comes and goes we love to talk yeah we get it wasn't like a silent one there was a week where we couldn't talk yeah yeah, like six days i died it was the third week yeah whoa Whoa. yeah by the fourth oh my god yeah but, the, you know, we already said a lot of shit in the first two weeks. There's nothing to do there except talk. And was meditation. everyone just fucking? <laughs> like, you know, whatever it's time. I mean, like, you've ever been to summer camp. Got it. All everyone's doing is just kissing, just right? Yeah, yeah. Are meditation camps like that? I, You know, this one, unless I don't know, don't I, I, cer- I certainly wasn't. <laughs> I think I think there could have been. There could have been some, there could have been some extracurricular activity, but I just wasn't privy to it. I was definitely laughing more on this date than any of the dates previous, um, which I think maybe you can hear. I usually, I I try not to react uh, strongly to anything uh, that either of the participants say, but for whatever reason, it was a long day, my guard was down, and I was very much enjoying myself, maybe too much. I'm sorry, is that a problem? Um, yes and no. Yes, because if I laugh early on, I I don't want it to set a precedent that I'm here to be entertained. Mm. And it's possible the participants want to go for that laugh again. I have I have a luscious, addictive laugh that people want uh, to provoke. Um, but it's also not a problem because I don't want the environment to feel too clinical. I, and ideally, it makes people feel more at ease, my gentle laughter. That's interesting. Um, both as an observation and because of the reflection that it shook loose in me, which is that I don't think you've ever laughed on this podcast. What? I don't think so. I just don't laugh out loud. You're not an LOLer. 
I, I smile and I breathe, but it's just laughter is not coming out. <laughs> Try one of those. Yep. Um, all right. Well, I think that's probably more a positive influence than a negative one if they heard your laughter. I hope so. Um, but at this point in the date, it, it's definitely hard to deny a fair share of, of vibing. Mm. Uh, little riffs here and there. I also want to point out that uh, they're naturally articulate and pretty curious. And those two qualities are going to make any date uh, above average. Okay. I was going to say it seems like they're both having the other person's comfort and enjoyability in mind. No? Yes, absolutely. And without being too polite or groveling. And I would just say at this point, it's, it's going well. What is something you loved doing, love doing, and used to do regularly, but haven't done in a long time? Well, I've got a great answer for this one. Yeah. And it ties into your hobbies and passions. Okay. Because I used to play guitar all the time Mm. when I was in like high school and early college. And because my mom is a singer songwriter and a guitar teacher. So she taught me guitar when I was growing up. And I was like pretty good for a while. But then. I sort of like slowly fell off in like college and after because I was too embarrassed to like practice around people. I didn't want anyone to hear me play ever if I wasn't like really good. So then I just kept getting worse and worse. And now I don't play very much at all. And I've lost like so much of my muscle memory. And um, yeah, and I like don't remember a lot of the songs I used to love to play. And it always makes me sad because I feel like I don't know. I remember writing in my journal about it once and being like, is it possible to outgrow one of your favorite parts of yourself? <laughs> Ooh, that's tough. Yeah. Um, you have one in your possession? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like hanging in my room yeah. fully. What do you feel when you like look at it? Dread? I, not dread, guilt. Guilt. Yeah. I think like I want, It it feels like there's, such a barrier to entry now if I want to get good enough to be able to keep going. And I know I just need to commit to a practice, like make it a routine. And I just can't get the ball rolling on it. There's, you feel like you got to get like really good for it to be worth your time or something? Not even really good, but good enough to feel comfortable with it. And then there's also, I don't know, there's a part of me that's like, if like what what can I do with this? I think there's a part of me because so much of my relationship with music has been things that I've turned into elements of what I do for work that it it's like I'm not going to become an artist. Like maybe I just don't let myself do anything for fun. <laughs> 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 hmm. I don't think that's true. You never know. Guilt. Guilt. What about you? That's a toughie. I know. I feel that about music too. Like it's. I think no one thinks they're practicing the, it's the enough. Creative yeah. curse or something. Yeah. Right. There's always someone like. So nice on the guitar. Um, you're probably better than me at the guitar. I would. Well, what I would do you play? To say. I play the guitar. That's like oh. my main instrument. <laughs> no, I'm like, definitely not better than you. <laughs> no, I feel like you were born with. You know, you had you got the golden ticket. It sounds. Like, <laughs> and I threw it away. <laughs> well, it sounds like it, you can still redeem it. I would. Uh-oh. I would venture to guess it's like you know printed on you. But um, well, I wish you would play. <laughs> me too. <laughs> <laughs> we could work on that. I mean, I don't know. Jam I've, sesh. I've like figured out like that's the challenge. You have to do some mental gymnastics to get yourself to uh, to do that. I think one of the hopes of relationships, romantic or platonic, is that a new connection can revive something latent in you and 
it's obviously not a guarantee, but I think it was very promising that these types of conversations were happening so early. That's sweet. Do you think there's something that is laying dormant in you that a new person could revive? <laughs> Why are you laughing? I'm afraid to answer. Um, I would love to date somebody who was a skilled sewer so that they could teach me how to sew and that would reignite my childhood dream of being a fashion designer. Okay. Oh, sure. I mean, it's it's not exactly what I'm talking about. But what do you mean? Because it's not something that's laying dormant in you. It's just a skill you don't have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yet. I thought. It's not. Okay. Sorry. It's not so much about the thing as it is reminding you of a version of yourself. Mm. I don't really have a good awareness of my past selves. Great. All right. Next. <laughs> I have like a couple things that I can only describe as like freak behaviors. Wait, sorry, can you ask the question? Oh, the question is. Oh yeah. And I, I'm so curious what you're about to say <laughs> with that setup. That was not what I was expecting. Freak behaviors. All right, everyone should know. Roz is about to tell us about some freak behaviors. What is the question? Is what is the dumbest, silliest thing you spent money on recently, or the wisest, best purchase you've made? So one of my one of my freak behaviors is like. For the past few years, I'll be like in a CVS or a Walgreens or something and I'll be buying normal stuff and they will have like toy cars near the checkout and I will have the like <laughs> like irresistible <laughs> urge to purchase a toy car. So I have like a like bunch of random little tiny toy cars on my desk from me just like needing to have one and hold one, this like baby reflex of being like I need the little toy car so you hold the toy car I hold it or I like roll it on the table I think I find it calming yeah maybe that is a fidget I guess I would say my silly thing maybe is like that PacSun swim trunks okay but honestly also super wise because I wear those yeah that's very wise those are are functional I was excited to play this moment because I thought they were uh, really getting into some specifics, things that were not aimed to impress, but definitely aimed to connect. I was waiting for you to bring this up at some point, and I'm honestly surprised it took until the fifth episode. I will not go on a big tangent here, but I think a useful binary for someone on a date or in any social situation, really, um, is thinking about your behaviors through one of two intentions. Uh, are you trying to impress or are you trying to connect? And I think when you're consciously aware that you're hoping to connect and not impress, you slightly alter your orientation towards another person and it can make all the difference. And it's not just impressing and connecting with another person. I mean, that's the end result. But sometimes when we are talking to others, we're trying to impress ourselves as much as we are another person. And I think this binary helps mitigate that too. Okay, well done. That was not as long as I was uh, expecting your rant to be. I really tried. Um, Okay, give us one more moment of the date. What's it going to be? What moment are you choosing? Really hard because I I had a great time. This was the best first date I've had in years. (laughs) And there were a lot of meaningful exchanges. But I have to go with... Oh, I'm Ross. Right, right, right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. If we never saw each other again, 
what do you think you'd be most likely to remember about me slash this experience? Honestly, my main thing I'm curious about now is like seeing you in action, I guess. Like in action. Maybe this buying is a recency car. bias. Yeah, I don't know. Buying the <laughs> toy car. Um, you know, laughing at the thing with your friend, like kind of like what that what that would be like. Like your riffs, maybe like seeing a like Ooh, with a musical. He wants to see and, me like, in action. <laughs> That would be the thing I would want to know. But it's it's really hard in this setting to get that information. That's true. We're not in action. I would remember that you have a very calming, lovely voice. Really? It translates also. Wow. Yeah. Well, and I remember I maybe mentioned this during the pre-interview, which I think I didn't realize was going to be recorded. And then I listened to the podcast and I was like, oh, no, what did I say? But, okay, if I was being honest, I probably said something about how I think it's, I really like when people have a nice voice. Like, tone of voice is very important to me. And then you pick someone with a beautiful voice, so I will remember that. Wow. Admittedly, Tom didn't really answer the question that was posed, uh, but it was... A, he, he took a swing. But it was, like, a, if not necessarily subtle, a kind of smooth nod to wanting to see her again um take notes audience yeah that was smooth <laughs> relatively smooth um but i'm wondering uh did her her twitter come up at all right we hadn't talked about that yet not really i think at one point i say that she makes memes which isn't even true uh, i don't really know why <laughs> like i said i was just having too good of a time um that was I don't know why I did that. There was also another time when he brought up something about something he tweeted. I tweeted something about that when I, <gasps> when I realized. I think we looked at each other really quickly to see if the other one was going to bring it up. But alas, uh, Tom will just have to find out on his own time. Well, I guess you could say on the um, in the binary between impress versus connect, Roz seemed a little more squarely uh, tuned in with providing facts about that herself that um, would connect exactly rather than impress and I I say props to her for that props to both of them I would say um, and I was thinking sorry I'm just cutting to the chase here uh, I feel like I'm always the one who has to predict whether or not they go on a second date uh, which makes sense because I'm on the date and we want to see if I'm as perceptive as I think I am but now that you've listened to the date, I'll let you be the one with the initial prediction. Well, thank you. How noble of you. Um, I guess I would say after having listened to these specific moments again, it is hard to imagine that they wouldn't have more to say to each other. Is there anything about the way they left off that would contradict that? I will answer that, but I think it's an interesting way of putting it, the way you just put it about it's hard to imagine they wouldn't have more to say to each other. What a simple way of knowing if you want to go on a second date or not. Do I have more to say to this person? Right. And I feel like these two, what like attraction and vibes aside, I do feel like they have more to say to each other. That's huge. Or maybe everything. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, no. I don't think there's anything that would c contradict that assessment. I do want to say that at the end of the date, they had to write the other person a compliment and, and this was a new part of the itinerary, um, a song that they thought reflected the other person or the experience in general. And I could see a world in which one of them just friggin' botches this and gives off like a totally 
different vibe, platonic vibe, like the song, uh, why can't we be friends? Like I thought like maybe that'd be funny, but it just comes out the wrong way. I don't know. Um, but I doubt it. I doubt they, they botched it with the song they wrote. Um, I do wonder what they wrote though. Well, I'll be sure to ask them when I talk to them over the weekend, but for now, we it sounds like we both agree that they'll go on a second date. Yes, uh, we are locking in a yes. Great. When we come back, we will hear from Tom and Roz. I have a bone to pick with you. Oh, God. Something's not right, and it's how amazing my headshots were. What's the problem? Well, I didn't want to break the bank, but this feels like highway robbery. Okay, how can I resolve this issue? Well, perhaps you have to raise your prices, so at least then maybe I could, you know, sleep at night. Okay, if you insist, I'm upping my prices. (laughs) Okay, this is not the concept. The concept that I wanted was me basically just saying, like, for the record, everybody has heard different prices, and I'm going on the record now to say that it's $75. New headshots at the cool price of... $75. For... One and a half hour session, a hundred unedited photos, ten edited photos of your choosing. And I can find that at... SophiaMiskowski.com slash other hyphen stuff. So Brooklyn. (laughs) I thought he was very cute. And I thought he had a very calming presence, which I think I told him a million times and mentioned a bunch. But I think he, because I think I can come off kind of frenetic. Like, I think I have a somewhat jarring energy sometimes. And he was very mellow um, and I think made me less nervous to do the date just because he seemed very grounded in himself um, and not that nervous at all. So I walk in and she's there um, already. And my first impression was, you know, from like a physical perspective, like not someone I have like dated before. And that was kind of like an exciting thing. Uh, You know, I I kind of told Jonathan in the pre-interview that that's like, you know, something I'm exploring. And, uh, so that was just like a like first impression, like just who this person was. There's an element of like um, coming from my cultural background, frankly, like I don't like I from a young age, I think it was like part of my narrative that like people outside of my cultural background wouldn't be interested in me as like a man. So like that's that was like something I thought about um, as well um, and have reflected on since. And I'm wondering if. Like, that's an assumption I need to, like, put away moving forward um, because I found, you know, her to be very interesting. And I wonder, wondering if I'm, like, foreclosing myself from, like, a bunch of interesting people that I could be meeting because of my assumptions around, like, who they would be interested in or um, and subsequently who I'm interested in um, as a result of that. So uh, I think that has been, yeah, that was, like, one reflection. It's like, hey, let's, like, and I think I mentioned that in the pre-interview with Jonathan, too. Like, let's, like, expand how we're thinking about who we might be compatible with. And uh, I think that was kind of like maybe the subtext of my approach during the day too, of like, okay, 
maybe that's not something we share. Like, is that really a big deal? Like, let's just like see where we can connect. I just want to highlight what he said about having these conscious or subconscious uh, notions of who we think might be attracted to us and how that certainly influences the types of people we consider to be our taste. And I just so appreciated how his consideration of that is allowing him to expand his understanding of who he might be attracted to. And I just think for any listener, myself included, it was very cathartic to hear. Sorry, just to clarify, when you say taste, that's, you mean like type? Yeah. Okay. The type of people we think we're attracted to. Mm -hmm. I think that they both had great insight and both of them were came across as super self-aware, maybe too much, I think. We could both agree there's such a thing as being too self-aware in the context of dating. Totally. Anyway, what else did you learn? I'm curious about some moments of intrigue. I'd listened to episodes before and I was like, I'm all ready to make my 30 seconds of eye contact. I'm going to nail this. And then he was like, actually, you'll be reading the most deranged movie scripts of all time, which I was like, fuck Jonathan, because I was like, I'm going to make an ass of myself immediately. She did some like voice and impression. And to do that is like, I, you know, I, of the people I meet, that's like not super common that you can just jump into that with a stranger. Um, so that definitely piqued my interest right away of like, wow. Um, I think there's like a level of confidence, self-assurance that is like pretty attractive to me. Okay. What else? Were there any moments of concern? Well, there is something bigger that we'll discuss at the end, but I'm excited to share with you this um, admittedly minor, um, but incredibly relatable uh, trepidation shared by Tom. There was this moment at the end that... Uh, and I don't know if this is a misrepresentation or not, but I, you know, I'm thinking about it a little, like we had to share something from our camera roll and I shared this video of myself singing and I don't know, in retrospect, I wonder if that like came on a little strong or I represented myself as a sort of like performer too much. But at the same time, I'm trying, I'm like trying to just tell myself it's fine to be confident and like, share the stuff that I do. Um, but maybe that uh, sent the signal of like, I'm a little like, <laughs> I don't know, overconfident uh, into myself or something like that. I was really surprised that he was willing to play a clip of him playing music for us. I thought that was either unhinged or brave. I really admired the tenacity but I was also like, thank God that was good, because if that was going to be some bad music, it was about to become a really weird date. Okay, before we get to the situation uh, at the end, which you alluded to earlier, what happened with the songs they wrote to each other that were meant to reflect the other's vibe? I am getting there. Be patient. I, I looked at the song um, when I got home. And it was this artist named Mae Simonis. And I was actually wearing like a shirt underneath my dress shirt. I was like, I was wearing a shirt, a Mae Simonis shirt. So I was like, oh my gosh. And well, we hadn't talked about that artist at all. It was like sort of random. So I was kind of like, oh, it's pretty serendipitous. Uh, and kind of an exciting, like easy to fantasize. Like, oh my gosh, was that like 
a fate. Is this is this fate? But uh, the song that I wrote for her, I kind of just I kind of panicked a little. I wrote that he was the waters of March. I think it's what it's called by Mesa Simones, and he wrote that I was masterpiece by Big Thief. Ooh la la. I don't know if it was like a good choice, but I was. I might have done a little, like, maybe too much pandering. Like, she told me some of the artists that she, she liked during the the date, and I chose one of them that I that I happened to like as well, um, which is Big Thief. And then I just kind of just picked my favorite Big Thief song and then just shared it. And I thought the vibe kind of captured her vibe a little bit. I don't know. All of this is sounding pretty great to me. Well... When I got her contract information, I was like, Definitely thinking about the fact that I was wearing the shirt of the artist that she put the song up and then also found out that that artist is performing live like next week. So I thought, oh, this is like the perfect setup. Like we can go on like a date, go to this show. It's like a relatively chill show. Um, but since then, she, but then she, she responds to me like pretty fast. So I, that was exciting. There seemed, it was like enthusiastic, but um she was like oh i'm already going to the show i'm going with my roommate you should like buy a ticket and come and i was like "Ooh, okay not exactly like what i what i had imagined but uh still like an opportunity to like hang out so i'm gonna buy a ticket to that i was wondering like oh do i should i bring my friend should i not i think i'll probably like i have another friend who's interested in the music too so i might just like make it like a group kind of situation see how we like interact um try to keep it like low pressure but it was a little bit of a pickle for me in my head for a little bit but uh a good problem to have i think i think he very sweetly and in keeping with the sweetness of tom was like it could be either a date or his friends and i'd be excited either way which is the biggest mensch thing i've ever heard so ambiguous stakes um beautiful music and we will see what happens we okay <laughs> i'm like whoa 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 so you guys you said that and you have not either of you defined this hangout like i what i'm asking is like do you think you're going to go on like a date date with him <laughs> or is it just like the next step is you're going on this like group outing to a concert only time will tell ultimately i do think it's good news that they're seeing each other again um, I, I personally would have a hard time in this type of situation. Some of us just like things laid out more clearly. Yeah. Um, what would you do in Tom's situation? You think you're going on a second date with somebody. They say, yeah, you should come to this concert. Um, my, I'm going with my friend. I would do what I truthfully advised Tom in the debrief call on, which is that I would suggest a actual date before the concert not not literally right before the concert just like the concert my understanding is the concert is in two weeks time and i oh, said okay in one week's time you guys should get drinks i i didn't realize it was two weeks from now okay well that's a big that's good to know i thought it was don't fact check me oh. on that I it might thought, be okay it uh, whatever we can we don't need to be we're not scientists here <laughs> there's no way for us to be precise in, in time i'm not googling when that concert is absolutely not i won't look back at my notes okay um let, let's say it wasn't two weeks from now 
and it was one week from now. Or if it was like in a few days, like if there was no time to go on a date before then. Okay, yeah. Then what I would do, because truthfully, I do not, I need to do better with ambiguity, but I feel like I would do something like, yeah, if I was Tom, I'd be like, yes, I would love to attend the. Okay, I don't know why you're talking like that. (laughs) This is not how Tom talks. I would say, yes, um, I would love to attend the concert with you and your roommate. I have another friend who also loves this musician, so I'll bring them too. Um, And then maybe this is like all one text or this is all in one text uh, convo. Sure. I'm I'm going ahead and I'm suggesting like a one-on-one hang in addition to it. Yeah, you can't put that on the calendar without putting a one-on-one hang either before or after i think and i don't think it's overkill i don't think it's overkill to do that in addition to the concert it contextualizes what the concert is because otherwise i'm like to me it feels so stupid that this could die on the vine just because they attend a concert in a group that's so freaking stupid and if they know they're going on a date after they kind of have to be on a little better behavior they have to try a little harder right in conclusion I guess Tom's a better man than I for handling this ambiguity. But I do, if I were him, I would attempt to be a little more clear with my, in in articulating my intentions, there's power in being like clear and articulate that you are romantically interested in a person and there's like zero harm to it. And I just don't have patience for this kind of like totally, you got secret vibe check. This sounds really Instagram y, influencer y. But oh. you got to treat your time like currency, you know, Absolutely. Be, be as be as frugal with your time. But time is money. Time is money, baby. <laughs> <laughs> if there's one thing you take away from this episode. It's time is money. Time is money. Um. Anyways, uh, I don't know. Anyways, that's just me. But, how, let you know, listeners, write, write, write in the, 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 we'll do a poll. Should Tom bring a friend to this concert? I think both Sophia and I ship them. Absolutely. And it's if they become friends, genuinely no no consolation. Um, my little update uh, for my, my male friendship uh, journey. It's going amazingly. I'm fucking crushing it, dude. Yeah. I'm hanging out with guy after guy after guy. I had three solo guy hangouts last week. Whoa, a train of guy hangs? Yeah, I'm getting I'm I'm running train on these guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's a good time. Um, went to a basketball game with Dallas. It was, we had a great time. Um, and I've seen a couple of the other gentlemen from uh, the Pared Down experience. Yep, a concerning pattern is emerging. It's not a concerning pattern. If What's the problem with matchmaking guy friends for me? Okay, well, I guess men, if you're listening to this podcast and... No, no, you don't need to do that. I'm not that desperate. Well, no, no. Let me just say, actually, if the idea of being set up on a date doesn't appeal to you, but the idea of being friends with Jonathan does, let me tell you something. It's the same door. Same door. And um, with that, I guess I'll say, should we sign off by telling our listeners that we love them? Next time. <laughs>